This is the Relevant Podcast. It's episode 962. We're getting close to a thousand. This is a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up? And joining us from somewhere in America, <laughs> our very own downtown Emily Brown. Where are you at today? I am in Austin, um, taking Ooh. over for Jamie. Ooh. No. Not taking over, but just... That's not what I meant, Jamie. We're taking over <laughs> one podcast at a time. <laughs> Emily, what brings you to Austin? Uh, I have a lot of friends here, and um, I my goal for the year, in addition to traveling, is to just see a lot of friends. And yeah. so pretty much who will let me sleep on their couch, that's really like how to sum up where I'll go next, is who has a comfy oh, couch. Wow. Um, or, you know, if they're really fancy, they have a whole extra bed for me. I would say, well, why, why, why are you demanding couches? <laughs> well, I'm just saying like bare minimums couch. couch. Like I won't do the floor, but oh, I'll yeah. do a couch. You so, know? so your hierarchy of friendship is, <laughs> you know, couch, pull out, futon, guest room. Like, that, you know, if you had to rank your friends, that that is how you would gauge them at this point. Yeah, that feels accurate. So what in your theory, then she's prioritizing rich friends over poor friends. That's I don't exactly know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, <laughs> I don't I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't know Dang. if it comes down to wealth. It's just how they choose to spend it. You Here's know? the thing. Have you ever slept on a Casper mattress? Like this is not an ad for them. I'm just saying yeah. they're really nice mattresses. <laughs> and I've also been I've slept on an air mattress at some point during this journey. And that would probably be the lowest. That also is at my parents' house. So they get a free pass because, you know, he, Here's the thing about air mattresses that I I still don't understand. As far as I know, air mattresses have been a thing for most of my life. But I have maybe slept two nights on an air mattress ever where I have where it hasn't slowly deflated. And about four thirty, like I am basically laying on the floor with air mattress with the remaining parts of the air mattress inflated around me. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I have made it through maybe two nights ever on an air mattress where it doesn't deflate it seems like the air mattress industry is way behind on technology emily did you have the same issue at your parents house um mine is actually like a pretty decently high quality one it did slowly deflate but i didn't end up on the floor um but i definitely have had that experience and it is very annoying i think they don't want to improve it because so many people use air mattresses that they were like well why would we make a quality one when you can just rebuy one every time you need one yeah. You know, like, I think it's all about that capitalism. They're trying to make money. Mm-hmm. That's what's really happening. We're going to expose the air mattress industry. Yeah. Do y'all, do y'all remember, do y'all remember <laughs> water beds? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. parents had one. They did. They did. What, what got us? I, what I have got a brother there? because of a water bed. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, it's a motion in the but, ocean. And all of a sudden, I have a brother. What, what got us there as a people? Like, because I remember my aunt had a waterbed, and I thought it was the, I was like, yo, that is luxury, a waterbed. Now I sit back and think, I was like, yo, 
y'all, we are sleeping on a water balloon. That's all this was. Well, well, and not only that, I, I'm surprised that no one's come up with anything between water and foam materially for mattress. Like, why right. not have some sort of gelatinous, like, substance? <laughs> that seems more, like, it, it seems like you get less nauseous than Well, they than have something bed. similar. I know the reason I noticed because I just bought a new bed. Like a jello but, bed. No. That, that does not <laughs> they don't seem comfortable. That. But they have a thing called a gel matrix. Because uh, I was about to buy a purple <sighs> mattress, but I wound up getting uh, um, one of the mattresses from Mattress Firm that uh, it's called like Sleepies or something. But So yeah. they had like a, it's, it's like the knockoff purple mattress. I think purple makes it actually. And mm-hmm. it's gel, but mm-hmm. it crosses like a grate. And so they'll have like memory foam, then that gel that crossed like a grate. Man, look. I, I slept in that thing. Look, y'all, I don't even like getting up when I, like that mattress, that purple mattress or that gel matrix stuff that they got. I'm trying to tell you, I ain't selling no mattresses, but look, mattress firm, if you want to holler at your boy, <laughs> I get on here every week, you know what I'm saying, get it popping, but my back but feeling good, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the height of luxury mattresses are the sleep number ones that like, you just lay down and you press a button and it like raises you up. Don't that feels like- me. Why do they terrify you? Look, you want to know why it terrifies me is because now here, I, I didn't tell you. Wow. I forgot to tell the story. So listen, uh, when we bought our new mattress, we had one of those adjustable frames with it. So mm-hmm. the first adjustable frame I've ever had in my life. So my wife is like, yeah, we go tilt it up, tilt it back, whatever. They have this thing called zero gravity mode. And what it does is pretty much put your legs up and put your head up to where your body's like a V. And it's like crazy. Well, guess what? My Just mattress how God got intended stuck. us to sleep. Yeah. Man, my mattress got stuck in a V. So for two weeks, I'm sitting here no. in the total touch my toes position <laughs> inside my mattress. That's when you get an up. air mattress. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it was crazy. Like zero gravity. I just had a great idea for like a boutique hotel or even like an Airbnb or where each room has a different (laughs) themed mattress because like, (laughs) and I'll partner with a mattress company because like one room it's like, this is the dream tonight. You sleep on jello and it's just a mattress with some sort of jello like substance that you sleep on. Then you get ball pit night. Okay. Then you get, you know, just cotton balls. I've always wanted to know what it'd be like to sleep on these different surfaces. And it seems like the mattress industry is very limited in their degrees of uh, experimentation they're willing to try here. You could call it like the Goldilocks and because you like try mm. which one. This could, <laughs> yeah. this could be something. I think this nah, could work. Oh, man. Long as you don't get stuck in zero gravity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that that's not the worst fun. experience in the world. <laughs> but but actual zero gravity would be fun sleeping experiment if you could just float so. like an astronaut for one night so a couple things one we have a great show in store for you today coming up later one of our favorite worship groups joins us we the kingdom also we have your feedback at the end of the show and all that so you know stay tuned it's a great episode but two i have missed most of what just happened in the last <laughs> few minutes because my my recording interface keeps crashing and I just, I want to tell y'all something. So remember last week when we were recording, like we were doing the game at the end and I just kept dropping out. Right. Yeah. That was, we recorded on Wednesday. Right? right. So that night at 1130, 1130 that night, all the lights are out. I'm in the other part of the house watching TV. 
Okay. And I hear coming from the office, the, the podcast area, I hear that that noise that a Mac makes when you're trying to click on something that's not clickable, like dung, 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 yeah. dung, uh-huh. dung, dung, yeah. dung, like real loud. Okay. And then after a few, I was like, that's weird. I paused, you know, I turned the TV down. I'm like, what is that? All lights are out. And then I, all of a sudden I start to mm. hear music. I hear like theme music playing pretty mm-hmm. loud. And I'm like, hello, hello. And I walk over to the podcast studio and the lights are out, but like you can tell that the monitor lights are on. So I yeah. look around the corner and there's an internet game being played on the podcast studio computer. Mm-hmm. And then I looked down and there were like six or seven other game apps open on the computer. I have no games installed on this computer. Okay. Ding, ding. Somebody had broken into the computer and was controlling it and launching internet games <laughs> and like playing games on the podcast studio. Ooh, bro, so like hey, somehow got hacked by a six I got year hacked. old. I got hacked. That's what I'm saying. Like all this glitchy <laughs> stuff I've been experiencing on the podcast computer is because there's some sort of hack going on. I scrubbed right. it. I rebuilt the whole computer, everything. And it just happened again. Not the internet game thing, but it's still crashing and stuff. There's a I, genius six year old that is upset that at 10, after 10 o'clock, he cannot play video games. So he is hacking your computer to play games on yours from like an iPad. Isn't that crazy? Now, now, Cameron, I have a couple questions about this scenario. I'm sure you do, Jesse. One, like, you know, so this is... If this is the, apparently some sort of hacker, but it seems to be a reasonably harmless hacker if they just want to play games. If you're right. resourceful enough to break into someone's private computer, right? right like at at a, at a at a random home, it seems like you would have the resources to be able to play games from your own computer. Like whatever <laughs> he's doing or she's right. doing to break into your computer, I'm sure they could use to just play games. Like yeah. so, that seems reasonably harmless. But two, it seems like you've ruled out the possibility that you have an invisible person as an intruder. That, like that some is, sort no. of invisibility no. suit. Mm-hmm. That, there, I, that seems just as plausible to me at this point. Mm-hmm. Jesse, here's, the, here's, the other, here's the other thing that's been weird in this room. I have a saltwater aquarium in this room, okay? And I've okay. been having all these computer issues the last few weeks, but also my saltwater aquarium, I have fish committing suicide, jumping out of the tank. I come in in the morning and there's a fish laying on the floor. And I'm like, dead. Nah, bro. <laughs> Stop playing I'm wondering, with me. No, I'm dead serious. So I'm wondering if there's some sort of, there's some juju going on on this side of the house. I don't know what's going on. Call the prayer warriors, bro. Fill the hey, tank you with need holy to send, water. That's you need, what you to, need send to do. Every Pentecostal and Assemblies mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. person to your house. They'll get that mug taken care of in one minute. <laughs> no. they get done pleading the blood oh, yeah. they throw olive oil all over your house oh yeah oh, man yeah. shoot won't be nothing in there but uh, fragrance that's all that'll be left is fragrance I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna lie I was just joking about an invisible a person with an invisibility suit until you mentioned the fish outside yeah. of the aquarium exactly. dead yeah, that's different yeah. that's that, different okay that's a that's different, different level of fish creepy. depression that's is different. real we've been looking it up all week it's like a serious what? thing fish, fish depression. depression Yeah, they really get maybe, sad well or maybe he's trying to warn Cameron and, and like the fish is like I will just jump out of here and hop over to Cameron's room not realizing hop you over. know it's a you know or flop o- yeah exactly flop over but 
But uh, Cameron, that is, is, I'm not going to lie. That is pretty disturbing. Like, I I, I don't, I honestly don't know what to, (laughs) what, what, I remember I read one time this uh, Chuck Klosterman novel called The Visible Man. It was about a guy who invents the invisibility suit, but then Uh he just gets fascinated about standing in people's houses and just watching people when they don't know what they're being watched, you know, just like true reality, like true reality TV. Like what would reality TV be like if there were, if the the subjects weren't aware of the cameras? Like could you truly, could you truly observe human nature? That's more of what the novel's about. But the, the plot device to explore this big idea is a guy with this crazy invisibility suit. Cameron, it seems like a legitimate possibility yeah. that 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 could be happening in in your home right now. I, I live I live alone unless I have my son at halftime. But you know, like so, I, I don't get scared. I don't care. I, in fact, half the time I probably don't even lock the doors. You know, just like I don't, just not worried about it. Don't tell that on a podcast. That night, <laughs> Oh, like, hey, yeah. Cut, <laughs> that, cut, that, cut, I do now. Cut. Hold on, I do now. Because that night it was the first time as an adult I've ever been like actually kind of freaked out. Like, what is going on in my home? And then fish are just committing suicide. It's just something weird is going on. I don't know. But I already told you what you need to do. You need to get Mother Jones. And Deacon Deacon Armstrong over there, and I'll tell you, they get that they get that situation. My mom's been waiting for the invitation for twenty years. Hey, right? look, bro, that's what you need to do. I'm trying to tell you, bro. They'll be they'll be anointing anointing doorways, anointing yes, the aquarium. Sir. Obviously, the aquarium. Yeah, they're gonna drop anointing. some holy water in there with the yeah. fish, and it's yeah. gonna start it's gonna start foaming up. The oil go make the tank foam up. Emily Emily did not grow. up up Pentecostal if she thinks no, that they use holy not. water. Holy, no, I no. Never, I it never is never anointing oil. oil. It is oil. It's oil. not oil. just virgin olive oil. Extra no. virgin Extra olive oil. anointing oil. And it's got to be by, what's the name of the Pompeii? Is that the name of the uh, company with the grapes <laughs> on the front of it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, that's where that's where evangelicals get their anointing oil, and we get our commu- our sacraments, our 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 wine in the Welch's grape juice aisle, like just a little <laughs> little juicy juice, a little extra virgin olive oil, whatever's on sale, you know, yep. a little that's Newman it. zoned if you need to. <laughs> we'll take care of this doorpost. We'll take care of this problem right away. Now, Cameron, has it occurred to you? Has it occurred? Because I'm sure when you woke up in the night and and some you know uh, uh, evil entity is playing Minecraft on your on your podcast computer <laughs> and, and you started praying and then you wake up the next day and and your fish is dead has it has it occurred to you that your prayers were just very effective and it was sort of a Jesus and the pig situation where you cast that evil Minecraft playing spirit and it was like all right I'm cast no! out I gotta find somewhere to go and he went into your poor fish just like those uh-huh. poor pig in the in the in the gospel story has think- that occurred to you. It didn't occur to me until just now, but I think you're absolutely correct. That's what's Has been going on. Has it occurred to you that this whole line of joking may technically be blasphemous? <laughs> <laughs> As I'm saying it. As I'm saying it. And I wait, realize how, I'm like, wait, how's it blasphemous? Hold I'm on. If I cast out, my mic. If I, I cast out shocked. a demon... And I, I mean, it's in the Bible. You can cast it into the pig. I can cast it into Did the fish. Did you cast out a demon on Wednesday night? Hey, I was praying. I don't know what... I mean... Quick question. I don't know if you know what this means, but it says Florida Senate passes a bill that could dissolve the Disney district. Right. So what does that dissolve the whole Disney 
The theme so park? back in the '60s when Disney was acquiring all that land secretly, right. they worked a deal with the state to for the state to entice Disney to come to Florida. The right. state said, uh, you know, now they'll give you tax breaks and things like that. What they yeah. did back then is they let Disney set up their own city and govern oh. themselves. So oh. Lake Lake Buena Vista is an incorporated city with its own police, its own laws. That's why if there's an injury or death on Disney property, they don't have to disclose it publicly the way some other theme parks would have to, because in their city, they don't, they have privacy laws that they don't have to disclose. Yeah. They have their own building codes, their own everything. And so what their state is now talking about out of spite, because Disney's too woke is that we're going to disband your city and make you make you adhere to the laws of Orange County and Orlando. Wow, so, I thought it was something like I, like as you had me talk. I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely going to be a greater cause. There's going to be a reason, and it's just like, nah, oh, it's out y'all of spite. too y'all are too woke. So too we're going to try to bother it's you. Out of spite. Like it had nothing to do with like valiance or justice nope. or anything. <laughs> yeah, generally, generally, it's a pretty conservative idea that uh, private citizens and private businesses should be able to express their private thoughts uh, without interference or punishment from a government institution. But tides have turned. And now if you say something that runs afoul of an elected official trying Uh to hold on to power, they Uh will indiscriminately punish you uh, by overturning unrelated regulations that are uh, uh, in your favor. But the the only good news is as, as someone who... Knows for a fact that Disney jail is real. Um, you know, I am on the side of the good governor and uh, that institution. I don't know how that's fair. That amusement park gets their own jail, but it's uh, it's, it's cra- it is crazy. I mean, it is crazy that they that they. Wait, is that you said they get their own jail? They have Disney yeah. Disney jail is real, man. No, y'all lying to me right now. You Disney cannot jail tell me is that very there real. is there are people. Right now, in jail, is it like a prison? Like they serve like multiple. Is Minnie months? Mouse the guard? Like, no, it's it's more like it's more going? like no. they caught they caught you trespassing in the wrong part of the park. Okay, they will hold you in Disney jail until you know they kick you out, they process you, and they ban you forever or whatever like that. It's just like right. a holding is cell. Darth Vader situation. the judge? Like it's, what? This <laughs> well, you've been sentenced to four nights. <laughs> yeah, goofy. <laughs> Goofy, actually, it kind of disarms it a little when you realize, all right, the next four nights are going to be away from my family who are staying in Toy Story land and I'm with Goofy in, in Disney jail. But at least uh, at least it's pretty fun when Goofy said, all right, from time for your one hour in the yard. Blake Lively said that she went to Disney prison. If you look on Google. Who said that? Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Blake Lively, uh, one of my fish names, still alive. Blake Lively is still alive. For now. Alive and well. For I now. Hope she, I hope she, well, hey, I, I, you better stop casting spirits at her computer or she's going to be Blake Deadly very soon. <laughs> so look, I know, I know when you have, um, I know you, you know, if, you know, people have teardrop tats or whatever when they go to uh-huh. prison. What's uh-huh. the Disney tattoo? Is it like a, a little mouse? Yeah, it's a little mouse ears. Yeah, mouse ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you kill a mouse on Disney property, you got to put put one there. You know? <laughs> oh wow! Oh my god! <laughs> All right, <laughs> I got tattoo mouse 
ears on my face. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll move the show along. This is the weirdest start to a show I, we've had I in a long time. <laughs> All right, move the show along. Tyler joins us for Relevant Buzz. to Alfie Templeman. The song is Color Me Blue. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. Uh, hey, Tyler, did you hear the news that Timothy Chalamet's dead? What? No yep. way. Dead on my I'm floor sure, yesterday you morning. You think I would have heard about that, given the... <laughs> that, that seems like that would have come up in my daily, just kind of like browsing on the internet. But I, you know what? Also, if you say so. It's a relevant exclusive. Also, last Friday, Ariana Grande died. Wow. There's, uh, Man, yeah. they're dropping like Dad. flies out there. Yeah, Whoever's really taking bad. care of the celebrities isn't doing a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have? What's going on this week? Um, so we're going to start off with, with uh, I want to start off with some good news Come, coming in hot with a, with a rare, with a positive story about uh you yes. know obviously you know we've we're all we, we've all had to fill up a gas tank or, or something in recent weeks inflation is is rough it's taken a lot out of us uh r- prices are going high if you're trying to travel like like downtown emily brown is you're, you're not going to get very far worst time to travel and there's a lot you may have seen some of the debate about like well is it inflation or are these corporations just greedy and they're using this inflation as kind of a a cover to to boost their prices anyway because they know that people are going to accept the inflation route and I want to shine a, a special light on one company that is resisting this urge, and that is Arizona Tea. Do you guys do? Are you guys Arizona Iced Tea? Is this an Arizona Iced Tea podcast? Are we fans? Of, you know the blue, the big. It's big. It's like it's like it's a, a big tall boy. Tall. It's yeah. a tall yeah. boy of of nothing but you know sugar. A, a brown sugar sugar, sugar yeah. with brown caramel color. And a sprinkle of hibiscus. Yeah, <laughs> it really calls into question the definition of tea, obviously, because I don't think yeah. I don't know by what I don't know how that works, but it is called Arizona iced tea. And they in Arizona iced tea. Does anybody know how much Arizona iced tea costs? 99 cents. It's on the can. 99 cents. And it will always cost 99 cents. According Amen. to according to the uh, to the founder, his name is Don. Don Voltaggio, he spoke with LA Times and he says he will never raise the price of his product above a dollar, no matter how high inflation goes. He says, I'm committed to the 99 cent price. When things go against you, you tighten your belt. I don't want to do what the bread guys and the gas guys and everybody else are doing. Consumers don't need another price increase from a guy like me. He calling out names and everything. (laughs) (laughs) You, you You know, the Wonder Bread, the Wonder Bread CEO is like, what? Our weekly lunch with the gas CEO is off. I'll tell you that, Mr. Arizona. Mrs. Baird was livid. 
Bob Wonderbread is a price gouger. That Martin Potato Bread guy is ticked right now. He didn't need to go and make this personal. Calling out Big Bread. It was shots for real. He he did. They went into LA Times goes into. You can read the full report. But they do go into the fact that that legitimately the prices for what it what it takes to make Arizona iced tea right now is going up. Whether that's the ingredients of the actual tea, the aluminum they used to make the cans, the shipping costs, things like that. So this is a sacrifice on the part of the Arizona iced tea guys. But he says he doesn't care. He says I started out as a blue collar guy. Budgeting your finances on a daily basis was part of life. He says so. No matter what happens. what if it's, he just has like 30 million cans that got 99 cent printed on them because he got them in the deal and he just ain't going There's just no way. <laughs> it's more expensive. Paint's going up too. You can't just paint over that 99 yeah. cent price. Yeah. He's like, hey, we got to run with 99 cent, guys. This is, I mean, we got those 30 million cans for, for half off, so we just got to run with it. I saw us uh, posting this information on yeah. the site this week, you know. Yeah. And I saw the tweets, saw the headlines, and you guys capitalized the A in Arizona, and then RI was lowercase, and then the Z was capital, and then ONA. And I almost sent it to y'all like, hey, I think we have a typo. And then I looked at the can. And yep. you guys were dead no. on accurate. No. That, that is, is like, you guys were very era. particular. Yeah. That is Zona is capitalized. Well, that is I, dedication I, to the craft. So kudos to you guys for I, the fact I got checking. Their, I got their a brand Bible, their style mm-hmm. guide, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's about uh, 200 pages long. Yeah, it's very <laughs> dark. Arizona. Uh, they, they it's are, very uh, dark. Yeah. Their marketing manager is very particular about <laughs> how their name appears in type so uh they're very cool when it comes to prices and profitability <laughs> but you lowercase that z we no. got a problem yeah we, we got sure. a problem arizona ice, arizona jail arizona ice tea jail just as bad as disney Yo. yeah all right what else you got judge <laughs> 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 goofy so it takes the edge off when you're sentenced if, because it's goofy that's it's goofy the jailer is he the is he the guy is he, he walking does, around with his it's like it's all goofy. Yeah, nah, that's Donald Duck. That's Donald Duck. <laughs> oh, Donald <laughs> Duck is the jailer. <laughs> Got, it. Got it. Life without parole. <laughs> <laughs> And see, now Disney got so woke, Judge Goofy's going to lose his job, and yeah. it's just going to be the Orange County mayor. Yeah. So this, so the next thing I want to bring up is this was an interesting, this is a study, and, and I've talked to actually to some of the team a little bit about it. So I'm just going to ask you, D- Derek and Jesse, going to ask you really fast uh, a All question right. here. If you had sure. to guess what percentage of households in America have an income of over a million dollars, what would you guess? Percentage, I would say one percent. One percent? Um they have a million dollars. Are you talking about a million in liquid cash or in assets? In, 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 in income. 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 So they're bringing in a million. Household. Household. So every year one million dollars in cash. Yeah. Yeah. A milli. Yeah. I, I I would think it's it's a it's a very so, small number as a percentage yep. of the population. I think it's more than 1% though. I think it's, I think it's like, yeah, I think it's more than 1%. See, I go in the other way. I, 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 I forget what the answer is. So I'm just, <laughs> sure. but, but, but you say I, less heard, than 1%? I heard that to be part of the 1% in America, you have to earn over 350,000 a year to be part of the 1%. Mm. So to oh, earn wow. a million, I would say, 
Um, You're like point, point two five of one percent, maybe. I don't know. What what's the answer? The the answer is zero percent. Uh, the it is not it is not even reached the one percent. The number of people who make a million dollars in a year who who are bringing in a million dollars are is less than one percent. Now, what's interesting is according to the study from YouGov, they they surveyed a bunch of people about how much they thought. What like just what I just did? What would you guess is your estimated percentage of various groups? They guessed, for example, about ten percent of Americans are, are, have mm. a household income of a million dollars when the answer is actually zero. That proved to be pretty true across the board. Minor- they assumed there were a lot more people in minority groups, whether that be financial or racial or religious, than there actually were. Uh, for example, they assume they're about a, that about 20% of Americans are Muslim. The answer is actually just 1%. They assume that about 24% of Americans are gay or lesbian. It's actually just about 3%. On the other end of the scale, Americans tend to underestimate the size of majority groups. So for example, so the more people there are, if it's actually an, an actual majority group in the country, they tend to think that it's probably a minority group. For example, as you might imagine, Christians assume that they're a minority group. They assume that there's about 40% of Americans are Christians. The answer is actually 70%. Uh, they assume <laughs> that about that about 32% of Americans own a gun. The answer is actually over half. It's 52%. They assume that only 33% of Americans have a college degree. It's actually closer to 90%. So it's really interesting to see. What? The, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Nine out of 10 adults have a college degree. I don't no, high school, high school, high school. Oh, high school. I got high school. that, that right. makes high sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I said that. I said that incorrectly. But One in five <laughs> have spent at least three nights in Disney jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it demonstrates what they call this fear of the unknown thing, right? That's what is what they can attribute this to. You hear about somebody who's not like you. You hear about an outside group who's not who's not part of the majority, and you assume that there's a lot more of them than there are because it's a growing threat. And then you assume that people like you, uh, who are in your mind the normal type of person or the accepted type of person, you assume that your group is getting smaller and smaller, and that you're uh, you get the sort of victim mentality about who you are. But the reality is that minority groups are called minority groups for a reason. There's not very many of them. And it's an interesting study that really crystallizes a lot of misconceptions that we have about what this country looks like and our own assumptions about the direction that it's actually going. So you're saying that this is an actual proof of white fragility is what you're saying? (laughs) I don't want to get DeSantis down here to throw me in Disney. Yeah, that's just saying that Derek could get Tyler in trouble in Florida. Look, I I already, I already got, I already got 60 comments already on my IG. We ain't even dropped the episode. I already know that is gonna happen. I already know this is about to be a heat wave at uh, V Derek Minor. <laughs> Go ahead and follow your boy to offset the lose the followers I'm about to lose. <laughs> All right, what else do you have? Yeah, well, the last thing, just real quick, I, I wanted to point out this is this is a, a very I, I'm trying to do. We're trying to make a little more pop culture because we do want to make sure that we're your one stop shop for all your pop culture needs. And there was a very exciting announcement that came out earlier this week. And that is that after a very long hiatus, Kendrick Lamar is going to be returning Uh with a brand new album. It's called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. That'll be releasing in May. According to him, it'll be coming out on May 13th. And that's really about all we know about it right now. We know this will be his last album with Top Dog Entertainment, which is the label that really broke him as an artist and that he's been very, very committed to for the last few years. 
like broke him mentally, like broke him down. Well, I, you'd have no. to ask him about that. <laughs> no, I think he, he broke was, him he, financially. TD, TDE has been a has been a big part of his his career, yeah. and obviously has now been a big part of a lot of artists' career. This will be his last album with them. He's spoken very highly of his time there. Uh, and in a recent statement, this was a few months ago, he said, there's beauties, there's beauty in completion and always faith in the unseen. May the most high continue to use top dog as a vessel for candid creators as I continue to pursue my life's calling. So very, it'll be it, it, always interesting to see what Kendrick's going to have to say. And especially since I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, he he kind of sat out a very volatile period in American history where I think a lot of people really were wondering what would Kendrick Lamar say about this? And uh, and he took his time. So he's going to be coming back with hopefully something a little more fresh and maybe not quite as admired in the immediacy of the coronavirus stuff and the political stuff, uh, but something that's a few years removed. No idea what it's going to be like yet. We haven't heard a single, but we will be paying attention to that one when it lands. See, when you said one-stop shop for all your pop culture coverage and a, a few days ago, Big Thing dropped, I thought you were talking about the thing that Emily has been obsessed with <laughs> is the picture of Taylor Swift and Drake yeah. that he posted. Emily's, that's yeah, Emily's beat. I have been thinking about it since it dropped, okay? <laughs> that's Emily's lane. And I don't, I don't yeah, step what? on my colleague's lane. Terry says what casually dropped a photo of him and Taylor Swift the other night like an old photo though of them yeah, like eight from, years ago I believe 2016 based on my research that I've done um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about it um you I we don't have enough time because I will take up the whole podcast but <laughs> feel free to dm me and I will send you every possible theory I have about it hopefully it's just a single it probably I'll is take that right. I'll take anything yeah but 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 it seems like also like the approach and the places they occupy in culture, you know, if you have like Drake and Taylor Swift on this one side who are, you know, sort of social media personalities and, you know, Taylor Swift has like a Netflix documentary about her and her, mm-hmm. her outlook, you know, Drake is, is, you know, in commercials and sitting courtside where Kendrick Lamar has, you know, such a different approach in that, you know, he's not really active on social media. There's sort of a mystique about him personally. He doesn't like find the, he doesn't, I think it, or at least the perception is he doesn't really feel the need to always be out in front of people like people like a, a number mm-hmm. of other artists. And I think that really his artistry aside, which I feel like stands speaks for itself, because if, if you listen to his catalog, it's incredible. But I also think there it just adds more to his credibility, the credibility of his voice that he can reserve releases for every couple of years when the time is right for, for when when the, the art is right and not he doesn't have this impulse to always just constantly be in front of people with, you know, publicity and social media and memes. It's just it's refreshing to have an artist like that that's able to maintain their relevance, but it's not sort of give into the ebb and flows of all of the all of the trends and ways that we right. consume media. I, right I, now. I, I think about artists like him in the sense of like. You know, incredibly successful, award-winning. I mean, prestige. He's you know the premier, uh, premier MC, obviously. But he just doesn't release the volume of work. He doesn't fill the arenas. He doesn't. And I think about like how much money he doesn't make by taking that approach. Whereas some of his peers, you know, they work the machine and they, at the height of their popularity, they're you got to go tour it, you got to cash in, and he just seems to say, "I've released my art. 
I'm going to go do my own thing now. I heard a story once, uh, a, a similar artist is uh, Frank Ocean, you mm-hmm. know, just like amazing game changer and then just went away. And he's like, and, and, and another artist was telling the story of he ran into Frank Ocean at a party once and he just was asking him like how do you do that how do you get to call your own shots that way like my label's pushing me this way this way this way he goes you just gotta be okay not making as much money Mm -hmm. and like that's it like what's your value i mean Mm -hmm. i mean like what are you in this for you know if it's your paycheck, then you can't do what I'm doing. And I feel Kendrick has that same kind of well, mindset. I think, I, I think it's not even just what are you in it for, but also the idea of I have to protect my peace. And, you mm-hmm. know, if I have enough money, like, because I saw um, the the note, like Kendrick wrote a note on his website, website, Oklahoma, and he says, I go months without my phone and just sit and be with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, He's like, yeah, okay, I want to maximize my opportunities, but I don't have to take every opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Just maximize the ones that I like. And I don't have to have a hit single every... He's not trying to break a record. You know what I mean? He's not trying to be the the biggest thing ever. He's just trying to be a happy artist, which I think more of us should try. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I would say, which is is remarkable. And, Mm -hmm. and, And it really does apply to... Everybody. I mean, we can all make that that Mm -hmm. decision that we don't have to keep up with the Joneses. We don't have to hustle. We don't have to burn ourselves out. We can actually refocus our lives on the things that we feel matter that God's uniquely calling us to do. We don't have to fit a mold. Just do your thing and commit to it. And you don't have to look like everybody else. I like it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- like an analog, I could think not necessarily their artwork, but their their approach to having themselves out there in like, you know, for an actor, someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, who's like, he's not doing late show interviews. He's not on Instagram. He does one movie every two years and that's it. You know, there aren't all of this adjacent content. It's all about wh- how can I work with the best filmmakers to tell the best story? And I feel like Kendrick's very similar. How can I make, write the best songs, work with the best producers and release it? All right. Well, there's a lot more content where that comes from. Make sure in your daily web browsing, follow relevantmagazine.com. Stop by, see all the stuff we're putting out, and follow us on all the socials. Thanks, Tyler. All right, stay tuned. Up next, We the Kingdom joins us. I want to settle. to Ricky Montgomery. The song is Settle Down. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to Keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is We the Kingdom. The family band is currently on tour with Casting Crowns, singing songs like Don't Tread on Me and God So Loved. The five members sat down with Relevant's very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss what it's really like working with family, growing closer during quarantine, and creating new, exciting music. Here's our conversation with We the Kingdom. For God so loved the world that he gave. 
each have your own different music tastes. So what does a songwriting process look like for you? Because I feel like y'all each bring something different. So how do you kind of figure out something cohesive? It's like beautiful chaos. <laughs> it really is. There's, we just actually just sit in a line just like this. <laughs> and this we all look at each other. I would say this. I feel like there's a mutual respect, you know, for everyone and that we all have a common, I mean, was it was just yesterday we were working on a Christmas song and like one or two people left and I forget who said it. I think Martin said it or maybe Scott said it he said you know it's just weird he said sometimes it's just inconvenient that we're just better together and when we're not all together it's it's not the same I feel like it's like a one of those fancy old clocks you know with all the cogs and all that it's like if you take one cog out the system doesn't work so it's like we we're good checks and balances to each other, you know, because um, we're all picky as heck, you know, and it's like to get an idea, if it makes it through all the series of gates, you know, it's usually a pretty good idea. say too we're all we're all super competitive it's weird i feel like it's just healthy enough for us to like in the songwriting process we're striving for the best so as a songwriter i feel like you have to have some sense of backbone or um even to just tell someone like hey that line sucks or <laughs> what you know like that is that is not it we're gonna get there you know versus the like trying to please everybody and like just because someone speaks up because it's intimate man like songwriting when you throw out a lyric in the room or whatever it's literally like your heart's on the line don't call my baby ugly yeah it helps that we're family too because i think there's an extra like love like hey it's okay that you said the worst line ever or you know what i mean but um yeah that competitiveness of like we're striving for the best and you're gonna find out if that line is good or not, you know, versus just being a pushover and like, yeah, it'll work. Or, you know, I think it's pretty good. Or just because they spoke out and said something like, yeah, we should keep it. Um, that is a trivial thought that? that like maybe some of our songs end up in a better place because we don't have the relational pressure to please one another. Totally. You know? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know y'all have done some collaborations with artists like um, you did one with Bear Reinhardt from Need to Breathe. So how is that working with someone who wasn't family? Well, Andrew, so Andrew's not a family by blood. And I think he's kind of the glue because he keeps his acting sane around each other. He's become, you know, brother from another mother. My, so this is my dad and Ed's younger brother, Scott, me, um, my brother. So, You're your brother? Me. All right, so that's my uncle. <laughs> so my we're all brother. family. But, and the more that we've grown, a lot of our team members aren't family. So it's kind of, I, I feel like it's balancing. It helps us see other perspectives. It helps us um, pursue another level of excellence. It gives us another flavor, another, um, 
you know, source of inspiration when you see somebody who's not always done things or written the same way that you always write. It's it's inspiring. I I really have enjoyed working with other people. family and I feel like especially just given the last year with like quarantine and lockdown family re- relationships were you know grew but also were tested so how do you think this last year has affected um kind of your relationship as a band of family members quarantine for us I was talking to somebody last night just about feeling survivor's guilt in a way because I think for our band none of us got really sick from COVID We've, we have friends and friends of friends who did, you know, and it was awful. But for the season of our lives where we were, we needed to do some pretty deep heart work anyway. And we felt like the last year gave, forced us to have to do that before we toured a bunch. And it also allowed us to make a record. And making a record is also doing serious heart work. And, you know, I mean, We've gone to counseling as a band a bunch over the last year. We've had really deep conversations. And so, and it's with, with our relationships, with being family and multi-generations and all that, there's just a lot of nuances and a lot of potential uh, resentment, a lot of potential complication. And so we're learning more and more when to talk about the things that need to get talked about, how to talk about them, when not to and how to respect one another's processes and, you know, all that. And, uh, so I think it was a really beautiful year to kind of look in, in the mirror and say, all right, who are we? Who are we, who are we becoming? Who were we? And how do we, you know, how do we get where we want to go? And so uh, we're still unpacking that. I think the whole world is going to be unpacking the trauma of the last 18 months for the next decade, at least, you know? I mean, there's so much that has happened to the human psyche we can't even comprehend because it's literally never truly happened in modern history and so uh i'm really curious to to watch that unfold both individually and collectively here and then also around the world that you kind of you were recording an album during this time do any of those songs kind of reflect on that um those things that you were talking about like within your heart that you were wrestling with like did that influence your music as you were writing yeah i mean we have a song called cages um funny enough i mean we wrote it we wrote it without a, a wild past few years um but we wrote it a while ago but it's it actually really applies to the situation and and show itself and i know my heart during quarantine but it just talks about unveiling like the mask of, of this person that we present to other people because you know everybody wants to put their best foot forward and so when you meet people you're talking to people you kind of have this almost false self that you put forward that is a version of yourself but it's the best version of yourself and you oftentimes never hit on the deeper like hurting side or the just the real side like all of us have loneliness and so it kind of just yeah just talks about the process of wanting to be known and, and we hope that it takes people along that journey of like 
feeling safe. Like there's a safe place to be known, and, and it can be so helpful and so healing. was we the kingdom make sure to check out their album holy water or their more recent live album live at ocean way nashville it's great all right stay tuned up next it's your feedback to Richie Quake and Anna Shoemaker. The song is Crawl. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week, at the end of the show, randomly, I had the gold, I had, uh, was it the Golden Girls theme song was stuck in my head? Yep. Yeah. Yes, that's what and it was. It's had nothing to do with the show. I just, at the end of the show, I just decided to mention this thing was on loop in my head all day and it was driving me crazy. It was, you know what? Maybe it's part of the ghost possession. Maybe the ghost was the right. Golden Girls ghost. Cut it the ghost out. Of B. Arthur. It was the same show that got weird. Anyway, we asked you, it got us talking about great, iconic TV show theme songs. We went online and asked you guys, what is your Mount Rushmore of TV show theme songs? And you did not disappoint. Nah, it's a lot of them on here. Yeah, there's a bunch of lies. You guys, you guys did not disappoint. Here are a few of our favorites. I like uh, this one from uh, a listener named uh, Jesse. You know, great minds think alike. He just said for his Mount Rushmore, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That is all. <laughs> Agreed. The Mount Rushmore is just Will Smith, DJ Jazzy yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah, yeah. With Uncle Phil and which uh, mom? What's which mom? Aunt though? Viv. Aunt Viv. Okay. Second, she. You know, she better vibes. <laughs> I feel like Aunt Viv, Uncle Phil, Jeff, and 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 Will Smith. To me, that is the epitome of what you want in a theme song. It was really fun. People still remember all of the words like 20 years after it comes on the air. You know it as soon as the needle drops. You know it's fresh. Pre- and it's the it's the lead character in the show performing yeah, the song. That's unique. That's unique. In terms yeah. of, in my opinion, as it's just a sitcom artifact. I'm not talking about the, the quality of the song. I'm just talking about it as a sitcom artifact. It's pretty yeah, unassailable. Yeah, that's true. It'd be like, it'd be like if Jerry Seinfeld or Larry David were on a stand-up bass. It would be very impressive if they were doing the slapping the bass to that. But it's not them. This is Will Smith actually performing it in character. That is impressive. Yeah, that is. I'm seeing a bunch. I'm seeing a bunch of these. You know, the ones that we know, like Ducktales and whatever. But I'm seeing ones that like a lot of people are saying Scrubs. Like, do y'all even remember Scrubs? Clark plays Scrubs. But I can't do this all on my own No, I know I'm no Superman I would not that, That's not an earworm to me So like, I'm gonna keep it real Somebody, I, I saw a couple friends on here Like friends? I was like I, I have to be honest. I've never seen one episode of Friends. I you have not lie. missed anything, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, did yeah. they have, was they theme song slapping like that or not? Nah? It was fine. It's something no, that no. I think if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, okay. 
I know it wasn't that one. A, it wasn't a theme song. It was just a popular song in the '90s, and they co-opted it as the theme song. So it's yeah. just the the rim yeah. the Rembrandts, yeah. if That's I remember it. correctly. It like the the thing is, this is my not that I'm an authority on on these types of things, but it, I think the only thing is that song sounds very dated. Like if you were to listen to that song without the context that it was this, it was the theme song for one of the most popular sitcoms of the era you'd be like this song sounds like a corny <laughs> mid-90s like alt rock that's song. what it was you know alt pop <laughs> yeah. I, yeah exactly it just doesn't it just doesn't age well to me i know people are gonna have strong opinions about that I am, I i'm scrolling through i mean this is an amazing number of replies not one mention of the sopranos how is that possible well, there was like, only one mention of veggie tales which that was one because i feel like going back to what you were saying jesse like it's like the point or like the the hallmark of a good theme song is like I can pull up those lyrics from my mind without having to Google them. You know, like everyone knows the lyrics to Fresh Prince. Yeah. Every good Christian knows the lyrics to Veggie Tales. And that just feels like. How does it go? If you like to talk to tomatoes, if a squash can make you smile, if you Yeah, somebody has X-Men on here. I love that because there's no words to it. It's just a riff. I'm noticing that on a bunch of these. Like people are just like like somebody said like the wire. Yeah. I'm like, wow. It's just a riff. The the one that I see over and over again here is Cheers, which I agree. When that song comes on, yeah, making the way in the Takes world everything today, you got. everything you got. It does make you just want to waltz in. Everybody knows my name. I'm here. You know, like that song, again, it perfectly nailed the vibe of the show. I think that's the other thing, that it can't just be a catchy song that people remember. It has to sync perfectly with the mm. vibe of the show. It's, it's the like 80s, why, man. It's the 80s. Like, what? you just brought up i just thought about why i love this theme song you just really inspired me that uh my man jonathan box said the jeffersons and when you think about mm. it doing well we're moving mm. on up moving on yeah. up to yeah. the east side and it's like a it's a choir you know what i'm saying it's like the black experience of moving up to the to the east side like and they nailed it on and it's a bop too so yeah. The funny thing in the 70s and 80s is like the theme song set the premise of the entire show. It you know, did. like you, you, it you did. had to tell the backstory and all that kind of stuff. Now they don't. Not, I, 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 they don't just like, can you think of one current theme song that like tells you the premise of the show? Well, I, mean, I feel like I skipped them. You know, like, because Netflix gives you the option to skip the intro, like to skip mm -hmm. the credits. So I couldn't tell you the, like a single one. Do y'all want to know what's, do y'all want to know what's crazy? The most iconic theme song to me, one of them, is Sanford and Son. Do you know who produced it? Mm -hmm. dun, 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 dun. Quincy Jones. This is it. Mm. They had a Quincy Jones song on here. Wow. Like on the Sanford and Son theme song. And that's why it's so legendary. Dude, I'm surprised that hasn't been sampled more because that little effect, bah, 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 yeah. like that, whatever they're doing, that little, they're turning that note. Like it is really catchy. And, like I'm surprised that hasn't been sampled Quincy more. Quincy Jones ain't going to let that go. That is Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is like, I don't want you yeah. rappers rapping about selling drugs over my, <laughs> my song. He's not going to clear that one. No, he ain't clearing that.
The only one that I can think of, and, and this is top of the dome here, maybe if I give it more time, I could, but is a theme song that brings people up to speed with the premise of the show. It, this is kind of a cheat, but the only one I can think of in the modern era is Arrested Development, but it's voiceover over mm-hmm. the over a song where it's like, and now the story of a family that mm-hmm. lost it or whatever, you know, Ron Howard, but it is part mm-hmm. of the theme song. Like it isn't detached from it. It's that little, uh, you know, ukulele with, you know, Ron Howard over over it but it does seem like that trope of a bringing everyone up to speed on the premise of this whole thing is solely in the hands of 30 seconds of melody that does seem to have I, kind of gone i do like your trend. your earlier suggestion of uh, uh you're pointing out that who was it that say oh oh that that the fresh prince theme song was performed by the star the only other show that i can think of that did that is new girl and new girls showing mm. up a lot in the mm-hmm. in the favorites as well mm. but I think we should make that more of a thing that to start um, a Hannah sitcom. Montana also did it. I know that wasn't mentioned, but I just <laughs> want that out there. Frazier. Frazier. He did it. Frazier yeah. did it. Yeah. Kelsey. Frazier Frazier did it. I think we need yeah. to make that more of a thing. Dawson, I think we need to make it that the star of the show yeah. is to sing the theme song. It yeah. should be a requirement. It should be like, oh, I just got a new <laughs> sitcom. It's like, all right, well, Kevin James, <laughs> you're performing. <laughs> I like it. What happens at Peacemaker? <laughs> oh, OK. I didn't know that. I've never seen yeah. that. Well, there you go. Someone just speaking of funny theme songs, I saw someone say that they texted the lyrics to the theme song from King of Queens, which mm. is another one yeah. that in a vacuum, mm-hmm. if you heard that song on the radio, you're like, this song oh. sucks. Like, this is the corniest song ever. But in the context yeah. of King of Queens, the eyes are getting but, weary. But that's another one that kind of sets the premise tight. of the show. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a very blue collar show, but somebody I saw somebody on Twitter one time was like, I texted my wife the lyrics to this King of Qu- Queens theme song. And her response was, oh, I can't wait to see you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it was just play it was a just player, the lyrics play a him a layers. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, there's a lot more replies where those came from. Go check out uh, the relevant podcast Twitter account. Check out our replies over there. It's a lot of good stuff. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right, well, earlier in the show, I told you about my, comp- well, I don't know, the, whatever's going on, the paranormal activity that's happening in the podcast studio <laughs> and in my fish tank. Um, <laughs> it got us thinking about creepy late night things that might have happened in your domicile. I was home alone. It was 1130. All the lights were out. And I heard, dung, dung, dung. And then theme music started. Kind of freaked me out. What is your story of the weirdest thing that's happened in your house late night type vibe? Now, if you actually had a break in and confronted the person, don't tell us those stories. We don't want actual tragedies. We just want weird stuff. So hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts or wherever you see us post this question. And we'll read our favorites next week. I I have actual stories of crazy stuff from high school and stuff, but uh, I'm going to save, save it. it or are you going to bait, bait the hook next, here? next, next week? I'll tell you. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, before we wrap the show up, I want to thank we, the kingdom for joining us today. Make sure to check out their recent albums. Holy water is great. There's others. Go check it out wherever you listen to music. Also, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but don't forget to go check out Relevant Plus and get you get an ad-free version of this podcast released early, plus other exclusive subscriber content, all ad-free, premium experiences. Go check it out. You can find out all the info at relevantmagazine.com. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out our 
uh, spring digital issue. The ad supported version is available for free there at the website. It is presented by He Gets Us. You can see conversations with Ryan Reynolds, Bob Goff, Channing Tatum, Madison Pruitt, Shauna Nequist, so much more. It's a stacked issue. You don't want to miss it. It's available now at realmagazine.com. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to sign up for our free daily newsletter to keep up all the great new content we're putting out on the site. You'll get your, our top five trending articles in your inbox every morning. Sign up right there on the sidebar on, on the homepage as well. Also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials to get all the latest that we're putting out all day, every day. There's a lot of stuff. Stay connected. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. And I'm Emily Brown. We will see you next time. <laughs> we get one. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Life without parole. <laughs> Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.